This episode is brought to you by Factor Meals. It certainly is because eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. If you're somebody like me who cannot cook to save their little lives, it's a game changer. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in, wait for it, just two minutes. Plus, you'll have over 35 options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You can pick from two-minute meals where you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. With pancakes, smoothies, and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And Factor Meals are ready to heat and eat. They're ready. There's no prepping. There's no cooking. There's no chopping up veggies. None of that stuff. If you're like me and you're busy, whack on a podcast, whack these in, and they're ready to go. Nothing for you to do. No cleanup either. And the great thing is it's flexible for your schedule. So you can get as much or as little as you need when choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime if anything changes. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. So sign up and save. Factor is less expensive than takeaway and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. So head to factormeals.com slash TWTW50 and use code TWTW50 to get 50% off. That's code TWTW50 at factormeals.com slash TWTW50 to get 50% off. Hello, I'm Grongy Maguire and this is Chantelle Fiducian Pate. Hello. Bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler, and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. So take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the way they were. Hi Chantal. Hi Grania. how are you? I'm very well, thriving and surviving, blessed and highly favoured. Oh well, you are doing well. Okay, good. How's your week going? My week's going okay until um, some earth-shattering news appeared on my Instagram feed this morning. I don't know if you saw it. Anyone who follows the uh, the way they were podcast Instagram would have seen it. J Lo, our beloved J Lo, is attempting Patr- to bring patron back patron saint of patron podcast. saint. She really it's her and Cher, practically even Stevens these days. Yeah, and um, as well as her bringing out her body cream this week, which is seeing her naked body photos. I didn't need to see that on a Monday after a sort of heavy eating weekend. Was it my favorite thing for self esteem? And then she tried to today bring back. Low cut, boot cut jeans. Oh, Jennifer. Low rise and boot cut. Two things that I was very happy to leave behind, along with the muffin tops they created on everyone who didn't have her or Christina Aguilera's body. She's trying to bring it back, and I have a bad feeling it's going to happen because those Gen Z kids, they like to 
pick up what everyone else liked about 15 years ago. <laughs> I'm not into it. <laughs> you know, it makes me feel, you know, like a World War One soldier hearing that, you know, Germany had invaded Poland. I just think yeah. not again. Has my generation sacrifice been for nothing? That's how <laughs> I feel. <laughs> This is just like that, Grania. It's that deep. It's true. And if, you, if I recall, if, if I recall, they're also that pale blue color the jeans were back then as well. That really unflattering, unforgiving, pale blue, really low rise. Like that. What I remember buying off the internet Brazilian one inch zipper jeans when I was in my mid twenties. And back then, I could just about pull them off. But I don't want to have to get them out again. I don't want to do it. I refuse. It's I'm like J Lo, I love you, but no. There was like one week between skinny jeans and then it was like exciting. You're like, right, skinny jeans are no longer in fashion. Why wow, that's so exciting. All these baggy jeans, the boyfriend jeans, and oh, now we're gonna look back at the good old days. Unnecessary. I'm not it's it's it's, it's the one negative thing uh J Lo has done since probably her documentary, which I refuse to watch because I love her too much and I don't want to see it. I don't want that to sully her opinion of me my opinion of her, saying uh, this has done just that. And also, if anyone uh, listening to this can pull up the picture on um, on Instagram, or just the internet, you'll notice Ben Affleck's face speaks for all of us. He's not happy about it either. He knows it's not a good idea. Well, we don't need the back. Speaking of iconic couples, we have got a very, very, very special couple in today's episode. And it's good because we also have a very special and fantastic guest to discuss about it. To discuss about it? To talk about it. We've got the incredible Yuriko Katani. The, the way, way they, they were. were. <laughs> Hi, Yuriko. Hi, Green. How are you? And we're, good. we're so excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much thank for having me. Thank you so me. much for doing it. So we always ask all our guests before we dive into your amazing couple, which Chantel doesn't know and we'll be guessing about in a second. Do you, we're a very romantic podcast. Do you consider yourself a romantic person? It's a great question. And I'd like to think that I'm a romantic person. But I have a question to you guys. So the... People who likes, you know, like a surprise, mm -hmm. are they romantic people? Because um, I'm not a big fan of like a surprise. So like you like planned romance that you've been prepped for and are in some element of control of. So I think I like planning like holiday or fun stuff together. Yes, I enjoy that element. So you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want someone to come to you and be like, "I've booked us a holiday. We're going here. We're going to do this." Like you would hate that because <laughs> I, I'll be what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we could plan together. So so you can still be is, romantic. Am I romantic? Like surprises, surprises, big time. Yeah, but a lot of people don't like surprises. So I think that's totally fine. Yeah, that's still acceptable mm. as romantic. Has somebody ever tried to do that? Has somebody tried to like surprise yeah, you this, with romance? This feels past trauma based. <laughs> yeah, I feel like mm. something happened. Did something happen? Yes, in the past. I can't. I can't remember. Um, hmm. um it might take a while to come back to this. this Have you story. blocked this I, out? I feel like this is a lot of trauma that you're suddenly remembering. <laughs> 
Is this like a, some sort of death therapy yeah. session? Yeah. Like, let's find out what what's happened. What what we could do is we could figure out if there are any trigger things. Like if I were to say a bunch of roses, would you immediately start screaming and you wouldn't know why? Then we can work back and figure out what happened. I would love you it. You like flowers. I would love it. Yes. Same. I'd love to get flowers. Yes. Probably this surprise. I'll be like, yes. Okay, so up to flowers, anything beyond flowers need to be agreed before. But flowers, a a bouquet of flowers surprising you after a hard day's work, that's fine. That'll be nice. That's what I think as well. (laughs) Yes. I don't like flowers, but I'm into them. I agree. Yes. Underrated. Hint, hint, everyone listening. So, Eureka, you have an incredible couple, but Chantel doesn't know who they are, so... I've provided some some clues. So, Chantal, I can tell you that Eureka's incredible couple got together in the glorious summer of 1990. Okay. Were we ever so young? 1990. To give you a flavour of what was going on, try and put you in the headspace. 1990, Saddam Hussein invades Kuwait. Margaret Thatcher resigns. And we're all feeling cool to ice, ice baby. But that wasn't all that was happening because a certain couple were getting together that year and they were far and away Hollywood. Oh my God, we're doing Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. We're doing Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Oh, wow. Impressive. Eureka is not messing about. She is not messing about. You went in deep. Yes. Wow. Incredible. I was just watching um, Nicole Kidman walking in that Balenciaga show, that horrible, horrible walk she does in the silver dress, which is just incredible. If anyone needs a link to videos of it, let me know. I'll send it over to you immediately. So I've had sort of Nicole on my mind a bit uh, the last couple of weeks. So, oh my God, Yuriko, great choice. Great, great, great. By the way, am I saying your name right? Because we had a discussion. Is it Yuriko or Yuriko? Or is it neither? <laughs> both, both. Either uh, I'm happy with either way. Maybe what the second one. Maybe second one. Eureka. Yes, Eureka. probably. Okay, yes, I've forgotten which yes. one I was saying. <laughs> I'm both, say either. I'm I happy with either way. Had to, when I moved to London first, I had to um, teach people how to pronounce my name so many times. I genuinely for a while forgot how to say my name. <laughs> I genuinely forgot how to say my name. I remember, yeah. I remember, I was saying to somebody, "It's, you know, Gronya, like Sonia." And then somebody said, "But your name isn't Gronya; it's Gronya." And I was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Poor Gronya. She struggles. We all, we all, we got three difficult names in the podcast today, so it's going to be a real uphill battle yes. for anyone trying to describe it. Right? What a what a okay. Couple. Right. So, um, before we dive in any further. Tom and Nicole, yes, they were stars, but what about their star signs? Well, I can tell you, Tom Cruise, as fans of the pod, we've already delved into him a little bit. He was born July 3rd, 1962, which makes him cancer. Nicole Mary Kidman, 20th of June, 1967. She's five years younger. Gemini. Gemini. So well, we've had a few of them before. Eureka, according mm. to the stars above, what is the compatibility match, do you think, between Tom Cruise, Cancer, Nicole Kidman, Gemini? What percentage do you give them? Okay. Can, can I... Um, okay, I'm 
Googling. So, you can't Google it. <laughs> you, you have to go with your no, gut. No, you can't no, cheat it. You have Google. to guess what you think their percentage <laughs> wise is. Star size. <laughs> no, you're Eureka. You I, I, I do star size, but I've done it on uh, when I was younger, which was in Japanese. Like I haven't oh, learned. So you need to work out what I, they are. I haven't learned star signs in, <laughs> in English. English. Like, okay. So hang on. German. So horoscopes are aren't just like global established facts oh my god i'm beginning to question my faith in horoscopes <laughs> right about no, time no I'm just doing uh, my best just uh i gemini is in japanese oh that was a oh uh twins twins yes yeah, oh, okay twins. so what, okay. what percentage chance do you give these as a couple according to the astrological charts what to the mm-hmm. what what compatibility rating do their charts give them what percentage i think it's pretty high like yeah they're together for a um, while yeah eight like 80 percent 80 percent yeah chantel are you going higher or lower i'm going lower i'm gonna go low low i think they weren't ever meant to be so i'm gonna say 22 percent. 22 percent. okay well i can tell you according to the literal celestial body that governs all our actions and our life and everything okay so it says gemini so that's nicole would go outside and have the weirdest sexual experiences and cancer that's tom cruise would stay at home and wait for the night to be loved by their tender partner if they want their relationship to work their sex lives needs to be somewhere in the middle intimate enough and exciting enough for both partners to be satisfied they get a 5% match. Whoa! Five! Five! Blinking, eh? They shouldn't have even met as people, as acquaintances. My God. It's a miracle they got they beyond the second date. They shouldn't have worked together. 5%. Wow. They really defied the odds then. They defied the yeah. odds. So, Eureka, when we asked you to be on the podcast, what was it about this? Why did Nicole and Tom, why were they the couple you were most excited to talk about? So, I wanted to choose like a celebrities that super famous and really big stars and they they are they are huge stars aren't they they're big and, and so- in inter sorry uh, yeah internationally mm-hmm. everyone know and so in japanese like a like the word celebrity is just just ho- like a hollywood stars mm-hmm. are like we admire and like we just wanna f- celebrate there, you know, just everything and just you know stars. And were they big? Were they big in Japan? Because obviously, yeah, super. Yeah, they were. They were super See, I always big. thought Tom Cruise was really big in Japan. Was Nicole Kidman that massive there? Yes. Yes. Really? Was it okay? But was she massive on her own, or was she massive because she was with Tom Cruise? Ah. Uh, She's massive, yeah, by herself, yes. These were huge stars everywhere. So you basically lied to them because they're famous. <laughs> that's, that's it. There's no other reason. <laughs> they were just a famous couple and they were the most famous couple for a bit in the 90s. And also I went through the yeah, list what you haven't done and you, you've, you guys been covered <laughs> most of the for for your if your logic is find the biggest stars we have done a lot of the big ones yeah, yeah. not all the big ones but yeah all the we've done a lot of brand the, I guess the next biggest one would be Brangelina vibes and we've done that yeah. Yeah, oh so. yes Tom and Nicole is a 
That's when it comes, if you're after big stars, it doesn't get much bigger. Yeah. And do you think when you saw them together as a couple, were you kind of thinking, oh, like, I would love to be like, did you aspire to be in that sort of like glamorous couple? Or were you just like, did they just seem like very sort of like Hollywood and glamorous? That's a very good question. I think... I saw them as a, like, I felt like I cannot even compare to them, you know? Mm -mm 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 -mm. Did you like find Tom Cruise good looking, by the way? Because I asked this on our last podcast, we had Tom Cruise. And the answer was kind of a resounding no, that he's objectively good looking, but no one actually fancied him. Did you fancy him as a young girl? Did you find him hot? Again, I think because he's like a superstar, and I always... Superstar is too superstar to me. So I think automatically I don't go like a super superstar. You know? Yeah, yeah, you couldn't yeah. even see him yeah. as a sexual yeah. being. He was just Tom. I think that's the case with most people. He was so big, you couldn't find him attractive or not attractive. It's always hard to comprehend if he was either of yeah. those things. He was just this white, he was just fucking He's just Tom like Cruise. a Mickey yeah. Mouse. You know, it's like fancy yeah. Mickey Mouse. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't be yeah, like, literally, does yeah. Mickey Mouse have genitals? It wouldn't pop into your especially head. Especially at this time, especially when he was with Nicole and he was like the biggest yeah. star in the world. Especially then, you couldn't, there was nothing relatable about him so you couldn't yeah. think of him as a normal person. Yeah. Well, I, get, I hear so you. So let's, before they became superstars, let's do a little deep dive into their backstory. So um, we've sort of looked at Tom Cruise's sort of like emotional back catalogue before. He came from a really poor working class family. He very much felt like he had to protect his mother and his sisters. He had a very difficult relationship with his dad who died when he was quite young really really poor but he turned to uh, the catholic church for sort of guidance he nearly became a priest so that like whole like looking for like a strong religious base as like the solution to your problems might come back to haunt mr cruz (laughs) just a little (laughs) foreshadowing Uh, he moves to new york to pursue a career as an actor and he becomes like famous super quickly like I was just thinking he, he you never sort of see him sort of like do like bit parts or like play the best friend he's basically comes yeah, into the weird. world fully formed as Tom Cruise wow he's Tom Cruise Nicole so Nicole has a very uh, interesting backstory so she was actually born in Hawaii her dad was was a really uh, renowned psychologist. Her mom was this big sort of feminist activist. They protest against the war in Vietnam. They moved back to Australia. And so she came from this really like intellectual, happy. She seems to have had sort of very happy, support, supportive family. Um, wow, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, so um, her mother was real feminist. Her dad was very left wing. And they were... a very Catholic family in a very sort of like Protestant community. So she was always a little bit of an outsider. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know, Eureka, why did Nicole Kidman at a very young age get into acting? And I love this because it's the most <gasps> Nicole Kidman sort of explanation. Why? What, what was it that drew her to acting? Is it because, okay, uh, maybe she wanted to express herself in an artistic way. Express some artistic way. Very good. Good answer. Shanta, why do you think she got into acting? She was very young, wasn't she? She was a teenager then um, because she wanted to uh, start making her own money so she'd never have to depend on a man as taught by her mom. You're both wrong. 
Oh. You're both wrong. And she says this in an interview. The reason why she got into acting at a very young age is because she was so pale, it was the only activity she could do indoors. <laughs> In Australia, yeah. you are limited. <laughs> wow, true, That's true. Because it's true, lots, yeah, lots of yeah acting. And she's on. in Australia. Yeah. Everything's it's. Yeah. She's like the only pale girl yeah. around. It's too yeah. dangerous for her to leave the house. She used to. Fair enough, Nicole. She used to stay wow. inside and listen to the the other children playing at the swimming pool. And it was just literally too dangerous for her to leave the house. So it was one of the, the few social like, activities like... she could do in the safety of a building. <laughs> She could have been a writer, anything that involves an office, a mathematician, a teacher. There's like a gazillion jobs. That is the most bullshit reason <laughs> to be inside. So, Just don't do sports and you're sorted, Nicole. Buy a hat or she could have bought a hat. Or get a hat, yeah. I mean, I burn very easily. That's why I dress like Little Miss Marple every time I leave the house. Anyway. That's why you chose <gasps> podcasting. <Yeah. laughs> Do you do you use like umbrella like pa- parasol? Do you call it parasol? Uh, it's, no, Eureka, it's heading yeah, in that direction. It's only a matter of time. Mm. And when I when I upgrade to a parasol, I ask that you respect my choices. <laughs> I will. I'll look forward yes, to it. Definitely. <laughs> so poor little delicate Nicole, fragile Nicole, has to take up acting because it's the only safe activity she can do. So she, she's not like getting into musical theatre. One of her favorite things when she's young is she studies mime. She's really into mm, mime. Okay. She's mime. Mime is difficult, isn't it? Miming. Like it seems really hard. Yeah, using like, a, like it seems easy doing the box thing. Everyone can do the box thing, but anything beyond the box is actually quite a nightmare. Yeah, yeah like escalator or like yeah. stairs. Yeah. Do you think wow. she was good at doing the I'm pretending to go down and downstairs, but she <laughs> Yeah. And every time her and Tom Cruise got in a fight, she'd go behind the couch and be like, bye, I'm going to my happy place and do the escalator thing down. And he'd be like, oh, Nicole, you wacky gal, get back here. That's it. So she's, I think she's quite an intense, you know, serious young child. This is another one of my favorite Nicole facts. She played Blanche Dubois, the tragic faded Southern Belle from A Streetcar Named Desire at the ripe wow. old age of 12. Wowzer. That's crazy. I can't really see her as a Blanche Dubois as well, so I'm excited. So basically in Australia, and we don't, you know, over, you know, because she kind of just became really famous with her relationship with Tom Cruise. But apparently in Australia, she basically was a child star. So she was, she she got like in BMX bandits and um, mm-hmm. I think some like... Beautiful Creatures, is it called? Is it Beautiful Creatures? No, 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 no. That was no, no, that's Kate Winslet and the other yeah, girl. Never mind. So she's really uh, famous, and then she her big break is when she p- is in Dead Calm. So that's her big break. Yeah. She stars in Dead Calm. Uh, she it's sort of what introduces her to America, and it's also yeah. what introduces her to Aww. a little actor called Tom Cruise. Literally a little actor. A little actor. So he sees her in the film and immediately is like, I want to audition her for this new film I've got coming up called Days of Thunder. 
And this is what she says, Nicole says to this news. She said, I thought, wow, this is America. Tom Cruise wants to meet me. He made Top Gun on Cocktail, the films I grew up watching. I remember being so nervous and seeing Tom Cruise drive up in a Porsche. He got out of the car and walked through the door. And I was like, oh, my jaw dropped. My God. Classic, classic Tom Cruise. You've heard about this technique before. So Tom, so she auditions in front of Tom Cruise now, what do you think would be a really relaxed, normal way for Tom Cruise to react to her audition? What does he do? Oh, no. What does he do? We know Tom has form. He goes from zero to 11. He's a subtle guy. Um, maybe <laughs> wink. winks. Winks. <laughs> he winks. <laughs> that would be nice, isn't it? If, if your idol winks to you. I, it would be incredible if your yeah. idol's right. Oh, oh, and they'll be like... That would be a normal reaction, but this is Tom Cruise we're talking about. I think he uh, stands up and gives her a standing ovation. Chantel, you're (gasps) correct. He stands up and gives her a standing ovation. Classic Cruise. Classic Cruise. Wow. So she says, basically, so So he's still married at this stage. He's sort of, it's, Nicole also is still kind of dating an an Australian actor back home. He thinks. Oh, is she? She's going on a press junket. She's doing a few meetings while she's in America. Mm -hmm. He's expecting her to come back. He's kind of in the middle of splitting up with Mimi Rogers, but neither of... Bad news to both of those partners because Tom Cruise has met Nicole Kidman and Nicole says that he just swept me off my feet. I fell madly, passionately in love. And as what happens when you fall in love, my whole plan in terms of what I wanted from my life, I was like, forget it. This was it. I was consumed by it. Assumed. Oh, that's what he does. He did this. Was we, we heard a similar thing with Katie Holmes. He this is his trick. He just he just he gets them in and he just swoops them into this world, the Tom Cruise world. I, I bet he showered her with flowers every day and sent her Porsches and Ferraris and crap. That's what he does. Gets him wrapped around his little tiny pretend little five foot three finger. He he, he again. He's an intense guy. He knows what he wants. This is how Tom describes meeting Nicole for the first time. Instant lust. Instant. <laughs> that makes me feel weird. <laughs> There's something about Tom Cruise being sexual. I don't like. I don't trust it. So instant lust. Um, instant. Li- wow! Wow! I was right. Instant what happens next? <laughs> this is why you shouldn't meet your idols. They'll say things like that about instant, instant lust. lust. It was instant lust when I met you for the oh, first time. Oh, what was time. their what was their age difference when so they met? So he was five years I'm old. Always she was ages. 22. He was 27. Remember, he's like the biggest actor yeah. in yeah. the world at this stage. She's famous in Australia, but she's an unknown, basically, and in America. And she's 22. And okay. she's 22. 22 and 27 is only five years, but it's a big five years. It's not not insignificant age gap. So then they get married in a ceremony in the snows of Telluride. Now, this, I think, is quite controversial. For me, they got married on Christmas Eve. Did they? You don't like a Christmas wedding, do you? Well, I just, okay, what do you think about this? Do you then have to give them different Christmas presents and anniversary presents if they get married on Christmas Eve? Well, I think when you have the amount of money that Nicole and Tom has, it becomes irrelevant. But I know what you mean. It kind of make it ruins both holidays. You're mm. not really getting a great anniversary or a great Christmas because they're combined. And everybody knows so, Christmas belongs to Mariah Carey. It just feels a little yeah, bit it's offensive. True. 
I have friends who've gotten married at a Christmas period before, and it's it's fun for the guests because generally everyone's off work, and so that bit between Christmas and New Year, you have something to do, so it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know what you mean. You kind of do wonder, like you kind of just it does make your anniversary a bit mm-hmm. not as exciting as it could be if it was like in something like I don't know September, let's mm-hmm. say something like that. Just random idea. I thought of that of people getting married in the first week of September, but. <laughs> If but, you got invited to a wedding on Christmas Eve, would you then be annoyed that it was then implied that you'd have to spend Christmas Day with them as well? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's interesting that you're this question to me because I'm from Japan. So on Christmas Day, everything's opened in Japan if it's not weekend. Oh. Even school or or. Oh, so Christmas Day isn't even that big of a deal? Not really. If you're not like a child, yeah. There you go. So. <laughs> if you're not a child, <laughs> take that so away. It's only you immature children. So for that adults, care about it. it's, yeah, it's still like a week, weekdays. It's just a regular day. So I, to be honest, you just enjoy the time off yeah. work going to the wedding. Yeah. You don't really care about the Christmas part. So, yes, uh, right. on the 24th. <laughs> I'll go to the wedding. Yeah. Celebrate on the 25th. I read somewhere, is this true that in Japan, Christmas Day is quite similar to Valentine's Day? Yes. Is it? Actually, Christmas Eve is more like romantic day, like a Valentine's Day. Uh, maybe that's why Tom and Nicole did it. Does... Are they into like it was a Japan thing? Maybe it was just for you, little young Yuriko Katani. They were like, "Yeah, this she'll is love this." Nice. <laughs> wow, it all makes sense now. Because Tom didn't he wasn't Tom in some film like The Last Samurai? Yeah, am I remembering yeah, that he right? Was. How do yeah, Japanese he people feel about that? You have to now speak for yeah. all the Japanese people, Yuriko. <laughs> I watched it last last summerize, and I watched it. Yeah, I enjoyed because it. Because I have to say, as Irish people are just beginning to forgive him for it, the accent that he did in Far and Away. In Far so and Away. So Japanese people are obviously more relaxed about that sort of thing. Yeah, they, they're a lot more forgiving as a people. I mean, they don't care about... They essentially don't care. I mean, they don't care about Christmas issues. Shit, don't care about Tom Cruise and Last Samurai. Doesn't get on their radar very much. Can I ask, how long were... You just went from their relationship to the wedding. How long were they together before they just got like married? Just like months. It was it super was quick. super quick. So super quick. Bloody so hell. now they're married and they're in this intense media bubble. Now, Nicole, being Nicole kind of sees it in quite a romantic way. She said, you're being watched and scrutinised and that slowly affects you. But it's also deeply romantic because it feels like there's only the two of you and you're in it together as if you're in a cocoon Ah. and you become very dependent on each other. Yeah, I can imagine that. So it becomes very, especially because she's not really, this is like her introduction to celebrity on that scale is through being married to Tom Cruise. It's literally them. Against, literally, as every couple says, it's us against the world. Mm. To her, it was literally them against yeah. the world. Yeah. So then they adopt uh, a little girl, Isabella, in 93. And then in 95, they add to the family by adopting their son, Connor. Now, a big sort of like conversation around their marriage was very much Nicole Kidman. Yep. Is she getting cast in films because she's a really good actress? Or is it just because she's married to Tom Cruise? So that was like a big discussion around them which in hindsight is so ridiculous because obviously she is so you know 
she's you know she's proved her acting chops this stage and um, has she listen has i has she nobody walks <laughs> this might nobody, be the britney this might be the britney 2.0 but i'd like to discuss nicole kidman's acting talent. You wrinkle, do you do you think she's of the two who do you think is the better actor tom or, or nicole Oh, what? Oh, so, uh, well, like, I say both. You both. have to pick. It's an easy answer, Eureka. Just go with what you know to be the truth. What? If you were going to pay money to see Tom Cruise walk around New York in a coach, looking moodily like he's worried about something, or Nicole Kidman walking around the Put city on a of fake New York. nose and call it acting, what are you going to choose? <laughs> oh, my God. This podcast is so tough. Um... Uh, <laughs> we never said it love ain't easy kiddo uh, what, what do you think guys well it's pretty clear Nikki, it's Nicole <laughs> a gal Nicole oh I'm team Tom Cruise I don't think <gasps> there's any question wow. I don't think Nicole can't even drop her accent she sounds Australian and everything <laughs> can I ask did they did you find that were there really people at the time that were saying that about Tom and Nicole that she's getting her roles because of him I don't yeah remember it that. was people were saying was that a big people thing people were saying she couldn't act she was just like his glamorous well, that's just a statement of fact she, so. she, she was his arm candy she's really glamorous and it was just because she was known for being Tom Cruise his wife and she oh, talks about that at the time. She says that she would sort of feel like she was an imposter and that people only paid attention to her because of who she was married to. Yeah, I can see that. She was good in Eyes Wide Shut. I'll say that. Well, we'll, we'll get to that in, in a second. Shut, which is a very important film, I'm sure, in this, in this episode. So, so well. we're now in the pomp of Nicole and Tom. So, mm. Eureka, imagine your dreams have come true. You get a phone call. And it's not just a phone call from Tom and Nicole. It's a time machine phone call as well because they're still together and it's the mid-90s. What do you imagine date night with Tom and Nicole in their pomp would be like? Maybe, so probably they've been to like luxurious places, right? Like gorgeous places. So probably I'd like to take them to somewhere nice cafe maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> nice local <laughs> co- so, some, something very local and you know uh, you only discover because like you live here and on yeah only locals are locals only a local so, something spot. like yeah you discover by chance kind of not on a mm-hmm. You know, magazine or like any or media. I can imagine Tom being like, "Yeah, oh my god, this is amazing! This is the best fish and chips <laughs> I've ever had in my life." Thank you, Nicole. It would have to be somewhere inside for Nicole because it is British weather. But you oh, know, yeah. she's still very delicate. Any sun, yeah, any sun at all could cause irreparable damage for Nicole. And then where do you imagine a night... So that's okay, you've got the daytime covered. Where do you then go on in the evening? Comedy clubs. <laughs> God, imagine him at a comedy club. Imagine Tom Cruise at a comedy club. <laughs> you know the guy who over laughs at things? Like times that by a million and you have Tom Cruise. Yes, man. Yes, that is. Oh my God, you're funny. What is your name? I'm give, taking your name. I'm getting you in the movies. You're great. God, he'd be awful. You'd get kicked out. You'd get kicked out. You'd never run comedy again, Eureka. Once you brought that fucker along, you'd be done. Can you imagine? Like, why does he give every actor standing ovation? 
Yeah, yeah, TV show, God. And poor Nicole, her face is probably not very expressive. So she would be the one person in the audience spooking all the comedians out. Because they'd be like, I thought it was a really good gig. And I could hear that guy laughing. But there was this woman whose face didn't move the whole night. And she was white as a ghost. It was so weird. (laughs) And would you then, so you've got Tom and Nicole in. Would you bring them into the green room or... What would you do? Do you think they mix well in the green room? Mm. But that that'll be show off, isn't it? Like me, I I know those yeah, people definitely. kind of thing, and I don't wanna do that. But maybe I will. I yeah. I think yeah, you would. And... I think you would. If there's ever a time for you to be a show off, you're yeah. Go. It's time it's to shine. Yes, I I know these guys, and you know. You have to casually introduce them. This is Tom and um, Nicole. You can call her Nikki, whatever, guys. You, really, you have to be really casual about it. Is it okay yeah. if these guys come in? Oh, yeah, is it okay if they come with me? There's my friends. and They've never, never been backstage before at a comedy club, that is. They've only ever done it in like lots and studios in Hollywood, so they're not used to this. And Tom would give an inspirational speech saying that comedians so are the bravest much. people in the whole world. Oh, God, yeah. I just... Just imagining Tom Cruise in a... Guys, what you do, what you do is amazing. What I do, I read lines. You guys, you create laughter. That's incredible. He'd be so awful. Oh, my God. Burn the club down after he's been there. Jesus. And then somebody makes one Scientology joke. That's it. Tom's gone. (laughs) And they're done. You never see him again. (laughs) So... That's them at their height, but there are cracks are beginning to show. So first oh, of all, no. there's the whole power dynamic because Nicole, she's known for being Mr. Tom Cruise, but you know she's very ambitious, driven, creative person in her own right. She said, "I felt I didn't deserve to be there my own right, so throughout it, I wasn't there as Nicole. I was there as Tom's wife. Sometimes I felt his career is more important, and I have to say, mm. no, wait a minute, me doing a small budget film is important to me. He's very liberated in a way, or has become so, but I had to work at it." Was that around the time of "To Die For"? To Die For, yes. So she's she was great in that. So, so. she's making all these sort of low budget mm. films, but he is like Mister mm. Hollywood. What's he doing around this time? What is this, mid-90s? So it's like he's like a few good men, Rain Man, the start of the Mission Impossible franchise. Like he is. Yeah, mid-90s. He's beyond. Yeah, I think you're right. Mission Impossible was like 98 or 99, wasn't it? So he's going big budget vibes. Magnolia, I suppose, that was 97. Mm -hmm. And that's when she's doing To Die For. But she's doing kind of cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So then. She's getting too big for her britches. 1996. Enter the dark cloud in this dreamy couple the third person who's about to enter into their marriage Stanley Kubrick agent of chaos Mr. Mm. Shitstirer so Tom really wants to work with Stanley Kubrick you know he's this like iconic director but Stanley Kubrick likes to mess with his actor's heads and he's a perfectionist and Tom Cruise he needs to please so this is like the absolute like worst director for him to work with. So the shoot originally was supposed to last for four months. It ends up lasting for 18 months. Mental. He once made Cruz do a take of walking through a door 
95 times. Wow. Well, this is the thing, Eureka. It's, it's, he, he'll tell them it's to get the shot right, but we all yeah. know. 95. Like, I, so when I, first time when I tried to take the video of myself during lockdown for the social media, I, I think I've done, yeah, many videos, same videos over and over again, retake, retake. So you Stanley Kubrick yourself. <laughs> you did it to yourself. Did, did you drive yourself for the same and get a great performance out of yourself as a result? It works. I mean, he's not wrong. It does work. I, th- I think, you know, doing stand-up, you want to nail it every time, right? And I think yeah. I tried to mm-hmm. do that with the video, even though I could, you know, change your... But I just wanted to... Yeah. <laughs> so, so if, yeah, so do in my mind, there is the same video, like so many of them. I did that. I did the same right. thing. I didn't want to do any editing because I, did, I didn't want to learn how to edit. So I was like, I'm going to do the whole five, 10 minutes in one take. It'll be fine. Yeah. And three hours later, I was like, I think it'd be quicker for me to learn how to edit than it would be to do this. But I stuck with my guns. And so I, I Kubrick's myself as well. And here we are to tell the tale that works. So he is... I am thinking of joining Scientology. Though. He is messing with his actors' <laughs> heads. Nicole said, Tom would hear things that he didn't want to hear. It wasn't like therapy because you didn't have anybody to say, how do you feel about that? It was honest and brutally Ooh. honest. And um, they would... De- so it, what Kubrick was doing, he would deliberately try and blur the lines between... Because it's Tom and Nicole, they're playing a married couple. So he would deliberately try and mess with their heads and like confuse between what's them acting and what's them just their real life. And the trick that Nicole did to try and keep hold on to some shred of sanity was halfway through they decided to make her her character in Eyes Wide Shut have an English accent as the only way or English or no American sorry an American accent as the only way to differentiate between her character and the character she was playing herself amazing amazing it's an incredible film and then Highly recommend. So this is another, this I cannot believe. So to exaggerate the distrust between the fictional husband and wife, Kubrick would direct each actor separately and forbid them to share notes. For just a one minute of final footage where Alice, that's Nicole Kidman's character, makes love to a handsome naval officer, an imaginary Mm -hmm. affair that haunts Bill, Tom Cruise, Kubrick demanded that Nicole shoot six days of naked sex scenes with a male model uh, not only did he ask the pair to pose in 50 erotic positions, he banned Cruz from the set and forbade Kidman to assuage her husband's tension by telling him what happened during the shoot. Oh, incredible. Stanley. Oh. I mean, it worked. They looked, they, it worked. It comes out on the film and it worked, but blink it egg. He really did screw Okay, them. but sadly, he wasn't the only one messing with Tom's head at this time because also, as we've mentioned, Tom Cruise is in a religion called Scientology. Now, Scientologists do not believe in psychotherapy. Nicole's dad is one of the most famous psychologists in Australia. So they didn't trust her and she never really sort of got involved in Scientology as they wanted her to. So so in the documentary Going Clear, somebody who's since left the Church of Scientology said that during this time, it was his job, David McSavage told him to put a wiretap on Nicole's phone and encourage Tom to doubt their relationship and even turn the children against Nicole. So when the split happened, they would want to stay with Tom. So that was in the documentary Going Clear. 
<laughs> you made that, you said that twice. So make sure legally we did not make that up. That was in the documentary. Go to them if you've got a problem with it. I, I guarantee you, Grania is quoting perfectly the source as well. We're very careful. This is when it an comes alleged to this. thing that happened according to somebody in the documentary. So apparently what was happening is Tom Cruise, you know, is in having this real intense experience making this film. According to Nicole, this, by the way, was like the happiest time of their life. Really? They were immersed. Yeah, she was like, it was incredible. It was like really intense. But we were like, you know, closer than ever. Then according, apparently, Scientologists were like, oh, we don't like this. We're losing Tom Cruise to Nicole. We have to do something about it. Was he in Scientology when they got together? Yes. Okay. Mm. So, then, out of nowhere, and especially out of nowhere for Nicole, divorce happens. So it was just literally because of, wow. Okay. So Nicole said, so she, so Nicole suffered from fertility problems throughout their marriage. Mm -hmm. At the very start, she had an ectopic pregnancy, then they adopted so apparently, like, around this period, she also had a miscarriage. She says in interviews that she had a miscarriage around this mm. time. Then she gets, hears from Tom that they don't want, that he wants to get divorced. She is completely shook on the back foot. She says she didn't want to dissolve the marriage and she urged him not to leave but enter marriage counselling with her. Which, of course, she says in an interview. I thought our life together was perfect. It took me a very long time to heal. It was a shock to my system. My life collapsed. People ran for me because it, suddenly it was like, oh my God, it's over for her now. Wow. I didn't really, I thought they were kind of, it got acrimonious and then they decided to split up. I didn't realize for her it was a 100% total shock. She, and so apparently, so Baz Lorman says about this time, because she was just about to go into press for Moulin Rouge that he got a call from Nicole saying, she said, I've broken up with Tom or Tom's breaking up with me. She told me there's helicopters flying over the house and she was genuinely devastated and shocked. Oh my God. So from her point of view, this is, she was not expecting, came out of nowhere. Tom Cruise, now Tom Cruise is usually very private. He doesn't talk about his, his private life. The only statement he would give to the press was, she knows why. I remember this. Now that you've said that, I remember this. I remember this. And I think people thought it was because she wouldn't have kids. That was a big, I remember this being a big, I remember my mom being like, that's what it is. She won't have kids. And that was, there was this rumor that she wouldn't have kids and it meant her getting pregnant and that would screw up her career. So she was putting her career and her body ahead of starting a family with him. And that's why he dumped her. This is all coming back to me now. I remember this. And that's what he apparently meant when he said she knows why. But, so Eureka, mm. they were Hollywood's golden couple. Mm-hmm. Crazy about each other, intense. It was them be the world. Why do you think it couldn't last? They had ten incredible years, but no more. What do you think happened? Wow, I I didn't know, but wow, it's all every couple's got story, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to. You know, go back to the hypothetical dating with them. With them. With them. I'd yeah. like to, yeah, go to a cafe with them and want to have a chat, you know. I I listen. Say, <laughs> so maybe Tom, you and Nicole maybe just could t- take a holiday, take a break from work. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. Um, t- yeah, have a... Just... Yeah, holiday, go somewhere, or listen to, 
mu- music songs that I quite <laughs> enjoy. Maybe yeah. so. Basically, your reasoning of thinking why Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise didn't make it is maybe there wasn't enough music in the house. <laughs> I mean, that could be it. That could be it. Because I remember when he made that film with uh, Penelope Cruz and Cameron Diaz, A Vanilla Sky, he mentioned how he got really into music as research for that film because of Cameron Crowe making him do it and with Jerry Maguire. So maybe had he had that in the house with Nicole, they'd still be together now. I think Eureka's cracked it. <laughs> music, guys. It's what keeps... It just, it, all of it with Tom, you know, they do, it was very intense. They packed a lot into those 10 years. They, you know, they starred in three films together. They adopted two kids. They were like the most famous people in the world. Maybe they just, yeah, they just needed... More mini breaks. Do you remember where you were when you found out they broke up, Yuriko? Well, uh, definitely I was in Japan. I can't remember. Was it a big news story uh, there? Was, was it a... Yeah, I think so. Because, yeah. It was huge, huge here. Yeah. Like, it was enormous. Mm-hmm. And I remember people, I was like at university and I remember vividly, me and my friend filmed ourselves most nights pretending we were on a TV show together, long Aww. story. And I remember we were like, here's the celebrity news or whatever. And we did um, this that just happened. And I remember at the time I was so stupid and young that we were literally both of us saying, if they can't make it, who can, guys? <laughs> like that was genuinely like a thought process wow. that one of like, teen year olds have. Like, if these two crazy cats can't make it, what's the, what chance have any of us got? Like, they were that... Looking back now, it seems mental because of how our opinion of him and her, I suppose, has changed. But at the time, they were, like, golden couple. It was such a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And then as Grania's made clear, like, it, did, it was a shock to everyone. Like, I'd forgotten it being the shocking Grania. Yeah. I'd forgotten that it was just, like, out of nowhere. Because they were, like, an institution. They yeah. Were, like- the Beckhams, but like multiplied by 100. Yeah, they were, they were one like, of those things. They were Hollywood. Yeah, you just kind of thought, oh, they'll just be together for ages. So it was, it's hard to think, it's hard to remember that now because so much has happened since, particularly with him and with her, I suppose. But I forgot, like, they were, it was genuinely like, this is like the biggest Hollywood couple. And if they can't make it, what chance have any of us got? Which mm. is crazy to think. Well, sort of two big images really came out of I think well You're one right. big image one big came image. out of this divorce one huge image uh, Eureka do you know the, the the photograph that I'm speaking of do you know the famous picture that came yeah. out of this divorce what? a photo what so yeah okay well treat yourself so the day her divorce was finalized from Tom Cruise there is this iconic image of Nicole Kidman emerging from her lawyer's office in like a vest top and a skirt her hair sort of up in a nosh just fists raised to the sky in relief and victory it was the picture of the ages it really was it was huge that picture I remember it vividly really horrible outfit but but she was yeah the relief on her face was palpable so that's the end of their relationship but it's not the end of their legacy with every split there is a winner and there is a loser. There is somebody who thrives and somebody who simply survives. So, looking back, what they've done recently and where they are now. So, Tom, you know, with Katie Holmes and that kind of like, well, we all know what happened. We've got a whole podcast dedicated to it. And Nicole Kidman then went on. So, she won her Oscar 
after a few she really like established herself as like a, a prestige actor mm-hmm. not as somebody's wife then she won her oscar for the hours then she got married to keith urban a fellow australian which i think is a nice touch then she moved to nashville did she move to nashville yeah, i think you're right and yeah she had she has two children, so she doesn't make as many films as she used to, but she definitely sort of pops in. She's very much prestige drama. Yeah, prestige TV she does now. So thinking about sort of the way that their two lives have gone, in the great split between Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, Yuriko, there can only be one winner. Who thrived and who simply survived? Who won the split? Yes, so... Oh. There's no way to say even, isn't it? I have to pick no. one. You have to. You have to pick one. You have to pick one. Who Who do you think has done the best? Who do you, When they meet up together in a social situation, who's like, actually, it's I'm not bothered about bumping into you. And who's like, ooh, this is a bit awkward. I normally have an answer in my head. And I'll be honest, I don't this time. It is really I hard. have an answer. Oh. I, I, I know. <laughs> wow. Me. Wow. It's not up to me. Uh... Yes, it's, shall I say, Nicole? Be- yes, because... She's going Nicole. Yeah, let's... It's Nicole, obviously. Yeah, it's Nicole. Why do you say Nicole? Because now she's doing prestige TV show. And she, did you say produced? Well, she's, I mean, I'm sure, I think she probably, she strikes me as, I could, if you said Nicole Kidman produces stuff, I'd be like, oh yeah, that sounds mm. about right. Yeah, let's say. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. And, and Tom Cruise is just doing, he's just kind of, his career is. People, he's got sort of a problematic legacy. Yeah. Whereas I think people really root for Nicole. I'll give you that. I mm. think you're 100% correct there, Grania. I think people are, tend to be on, that's actually a wonderful way of putting it, actually, is people aren't rooting for Tom Cruise. People are really rooting for Nicole Kidman. Even if, like, I don't think she's the best actress in the world, I still, like, I want her to do well. Nobody does dramatic walking like Nicole Kidman. No one does dramatic running like Tom Cruise. (laughs) (laughs) They both have their favours. (laughs) They both have their tempos. That's right. That's why they couldn't make it work. Literally, he was always ahead of her. This kind of a conversation, he was always running ahead of her. He's like, God damn it, you know what? Let's just fucking split up. Forget it. You can't even walk with me. Keith Urban walks with her. What's interesting yeah. is when they broke up, I always remember some interview where she slyly made reference to finally being able to wear high heels again because mm-hmm. obviously Tom Cruise is short. But correct me if I'm wrong, Keith Urban is not the tallest man in the world either. So she must have met him and be like, oh, fucking hell, this again. And been really upset to go back to flats. She likes a short king. She likes a short king. She can't wear the heels. Or maybe Keith Urban was just more um, confident with himself that he didn't mind her wearing heels. Maybe it was more that. (laughs) So before we let you go, we do have one more big question to ask you, Rico. It's a very serious question. Yes, Eureka, you got to put your thinking cap on here. Cool. There's another amazing, iconic person who is unfortunately, unbelievably single, and we're trying to find someone who can be with her. We don't think she needs someone. We simply believe she deserves to be loved. Mm -hmm. So can you think of anyone who you think might be up to the standard of going out with the one, the only, Cher? (laughs) Can you think of a partner? (laughs) Yep, that's right. You laugh all you want. It's um, That's how crazy it is that she's single. It can be boy, girl. They can be married. They can be single. Oh. Go with your heart, Yuriko. 
Trust my gut. Um, <laughs> first, I want to say be on the app. Be on, be be on, on the, the apps. apps. And um, this is her fault that she's single, basically, is what Eureka is saying. Come on, share. Let's be on the app and the sea. And she might meet them on the app. Yeah. But you're skirting around the answer. You need to name someone. Uh, Anybody. Male, female. We're not letting you get away with just the app. Uh, <laughs> the name. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter who you choose, Eureka. We're not going to make Be- it happen. Because it's blame. not legally binding. Because, because uh, I, I want to know who... Who is single? Because I don't know. Who is single out there? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Anybody would step aside. If your partner is like, sure has fallen in love with me, you would go be with sure. I might get a chance to meet sure. Yeah, exactly. So they haven't got to be single. Can be us. Do you, maybe you? You can choose yourself. That's a new yeah. one. <laughs> no one's ever chosen <laughs> himself. But if you're after, if you think she's a pretty hot ticket, I mean, it's not a bad idea. To be honest, I can't believe you're the first one to think of this. Yeah. Okay. Okay, me. Me, Are please. you going with you? <laughs> Great. This is perfect. This is, I don't know, how are you the first one to do this? So it's Eureka and Cher forever. Oh. You open for her every night on tour doing comedy. Oh. She sings you to sleep every night. I bet she loves Japan. Oh, yeah. Yoko, I love sushi. <laughs> she'll be, she'll yeah. be, it'll be great. <laughs> Amazing. Well, it says, I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, where can our listeners find us, you next? But obviously, it's supporting Sharon Tour. Apart from that. <laughs> Uh, Eureka thank you so much uh, for bringing such an iconic couple to life for our listeners where can our listeners find you so I'm on all the social media uh, Instagram Twitter Facebook page everything so please uh, find me there is there anything that you'd like to promote oh yes yes uh, I'm on I'm at uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year, so I'll bite. I've heard of it. Yeah. I've oh, yeah. It. Yes, it's it's uh, <laughs> f- famous. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, I'll be there for the whole run. So if anyone wants to come, brilliant. What what venue are you at? I'm at uh, Ten Dome at uh, Pleasance. Brilliant. Yes. So Pleasance, check nice. out Pleasance. Nice. Pleasance. Wonderful stuff. Thank you. Looking forward to it. No, thank you. Well, um, have a brilliant time at the festival. Have a brilliant time at the Fringe. And just, you know, remember what we learned from Tom and Nicole. You know, nice breaks. Listen to lots of music. And find someone who walks at the same pace that you do. That's very yeah. music and the same pace. And you're halfway there, guys. Thank, thank you so much, Eureka. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> The Way They Were is an Amanda Redman production produced by Abby Weaver and Amanda Redman. We want to hear your celebrity couple crush, so email us on thewaytheywerepod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at thewaytheywerepod and we're on Instagram at thewaytheywerepodcast. Thanks so much to Audio Boom for hosting and thanks to you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. The way they were.